few years ago, there was a popular TV show called Curb Your Enthusiasm, starring the comedian Larry David, uh, who is the co-creator of Seinfeld. Anyone heard of that show? A few people? Okay. In fact, Curb Your Enthusiasm is kind of a saltier version of Seinfeld, uh, with plenty of situational comedy. In one of the episodes, Larry, the main character, and his wife Cheryl are planning to renew their vows on their 10th wedding anniversary. And Cheryl is reading to Larry the vows that she's written in advance of the service. In her vows, she says this, We promise to continue loving each other unconditionally, not only throughout this lifetime, but after death through all eternity. When she says that, Larry gets this perplexed look on his face and says, Wait, what was that about all eternity? Cheryl reads it again, and then Larry says, You mean this is continuing into the afterlife? And Cheryl's like, Yeah, that's the idea. Do you have a problem with that? Larry starts to get a little flustered. Like he doesn't want to say the wrong thing, and he mumbles, I guess I had a different plan for eternity. I thought I'd be single, I guess. I didn't realize that this relationship carried over after death. To which Cheryl retorts, well, it does, Larry. It carries over. Larry insists that he wants to renew the vows, but can we just take out the eternity part? No, says Cheryl. And Larry's got nothing left. He just hangs his head and says, okay. Larry David had a plan for eternity. He just assumed that he would be single in the afterlife. His wife, Cheryl, had a different plan, that they would be together in this life and in the life to come. Little did they know that they were recapitulating an ancient thought experiment between Jesus and the Sadducees, the group of Jesus' opponents. When I was in Sunday school, I learned that the Sadducees were sad, you see, (laughs) because they did not believe in the resurrection. They were sad. No afterlife. Judaism in the first century was not just Judaism, it was Judaisms. It was made up of competing parties, and the Sadducees were one party like the Pharisees were another party. The Sadducees were the party of elites. They were the priests and the aristocrats, and they controlled the temple. Their scripture was only the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And that meant that they didn't include books like the book of Job in their Bible. Um, In our reading from Job today, uh, he says that after my skin has been destroyed, Then in my flesh I shall see God. That sounds a lot like resurrection from the dead. Sadducees didn't believe in it, but the Pharisees did. The Sadducees probably thought about the Pharisees in maybe a similar way that modernist Christians today think about fundamentalists. 
maybe a little too concerned with the letter of the law. For what it's worth, Jesus himself was probably a Pharisee, even though all the other Pharisees were routinely trying to trap him. The Sadducees had a trap too, a a counterfactual about marriages carrying over after death. They employ a rhetorical move known as the reductio ad absurdum, reducing an opponent's argument to the point of absurdity. If a person's spouse dies, and the law requires them to remarry, and then that spouse dies, and so on and so forth, well then, if and when this supposed resurrection happens, which one of them is the actual married couple? What's the plan for all eternity? Does this relationship carry over? And if so, which one? Now, I can't say with any certainty that Jesus is a Seinfeld fan. But here he seems to agree with Larry David. Marriage in the afterlife, it's not a thing. It's a vocation to which some are called in this life, in this age, in Jesus' words. But in the age to come, human beings are no longer alone because we encounter our Lord face to face. In the words of Job, that are also the words of our burial liturgy, I myself shall see and my eyes shall behold him who is my friend and not a stranger. At the resurrection, the fulfillment found in marriage finds its true end in the life beyond life. After all, you know what the nickname for the church is, don't you? The nickname for the church is the Bride of Christ. You might say that Jesus has a different plan for eternity, and it's his wedding. The afterlife is the once and for all union between Christ and his church. It's a marriage feast that never ends. And even better, we won't have to renew the vows. Like the Pharisees, the Sadducees thought that they could trap Jesus with a gotcha question, but he never fell into any of their traps. For those of us who are public about the faith that is in us, we may know what it feels to receive a gotcha question from someone eager to debunk our faith. How do you reconcile a benevolent and all-powerful God with the presence of evil and suffering in the world? There's a good gotcha question. Anyone ever had that one? For us in the Episcopal Church, this gets even weirder uh, because you can get a gotcha question from just about anyone, uh, including your fellow Episcopalians. Clergy may as well wear a target on our backs, I once got a gotcha question from a guy standing on the opposite side of the pump at a gas station in North Carolina. Because I guess chatting with your neighbor at the gas pump isn't strange when you're in the South, apparently. When he learned I was an Episcopalian, he asked, a little bit of a look of suspicion in his eye, so what do you all think about the Bible? 
I knew what he was asking. I knew. I knew what was behind that question. And my answer would either confirm what he already believed about Episcopalians, or it was going to put me on his side, right? In his camp. I don't even remember what I said. Gotcha questions are always going to find their way to people of faith. And the closer we are walking alongside Jesus in our journey in faith, the better equipped we will be to give an answer for the faith that is found in us. In his answer to the Sadducees, Jesus says that God is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. And in the Nicene Creed, which we recite every Sunday, we affirm our belief in the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. To be a Christian, then, is to believe in a God who raises up the living from the dead. Just as God raised Jesus from the grave on Easter, just as God raised Israel out of slavery in Egypt, in the life of the world to come, not everything carries over, but ourselves, our souls, and our bodies, they do. For we know that our Redeemer lives, and that at the last he will stand upon the earth, and after our skin has been destroyed, then in our flesh we shall see God as a friend and not as a stranger. Amen.